You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Man, anybody already get blessed today? It's like, man, if I left today, I would have already had my cup filled up, you know, but one of the things that's beautiful about the kingdom of God is it's so much broader and more diverse than even what we see here in our own city, you know. Uh, Jesus says he made up his kingdom of every tribe, tongue, and nation, you know, and right here in San Antonio, we like to say we welcome everyone to our church from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every different age, race, and walk of life. I sometimes joke around that we have all the different ages in our church, like we have everybody from grannies who are sagging to gangsters who are sagging, you know, in their pants, you know, and all that, so every different walk of life in between, Uh, but I met a friend in, in recent months that we were just really connected very quickly. And we felt like the Lord was guiding us to be involved in London, England. And I met a real special friend, a special couple there that they were crazy enough to plant a church. They left a comfortable suburban home in Liverpool, England, and then they moved into the heart of London, England, a very hard place to plant a church. And on top of that, they did it right before a global pandemic. And then after all of that, they were on a very strict shutdown, and that's a hard time to plant a church. Then they were displaced from four, you know, like three or four different venues. And we know what that feels like because those of you that have been around City Tribe for uh, many years know that we've been in four different venues since we've been at church. And I know what it takes to make that sacrifice to do it. And I believe that our guest teacher today is worthy of double honor. In addition to him being worthy of double honor, his wife, Tasha, is here sitting down with my wife, Jeannie. Tasha, would you just stand up and would you guys give a rowdy uh, honor to Tasha there, Uh, Tasha Petman. And then as our guest teacher comes, would you guys give a rowdy City Tribe welcome to our dear friend and ministry partner, Pastor Johnny Petman. Give it up for Johnny there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Pastor Doug. Oh my gosh. Pastor Doug and Jeannie, you guys are phenomenal. We are so grateful for you. Tasha and I have been praying for a couple uh, of church planters who are ahead of us in the journey, who we can look up to, who we can follow, who we can send messages to when we need advice or support or prayer. And we've just been praying for the right couple. And I'm so glad God has put you guys in our lives. We are so grateful for you. Honestly, this is the these guys are incredibly generous, incredibly caring, so loving. Yeah. Can we honor them? They really are. Oh, my gosh. We're so grateful for you guys. They've become fast friends. They've given us so much food and taken, to us, taken us around San Antonio. Basically, we've done a food tour of San Antonio. I am going to go back heavier than from when I came. They're not going to let me on the airplane. They're going to be like, no, no, you've gained too many pounds. You can't, you have to pay extra for your seats. I've eaten so much food. These guys are just wonderful. We're so, so grateful for you guys. I just want to, you've met my wife, Tasha. Hey, Tash. Uh, I just want to introduce you to the rest of our family. Here we are. This is them. This is, so that's myself and Tasha up there. Tasha's looking incredible. She's 
Yeah, I am married up, guys. She is so much smarter than me and better than me in every way. And that's me there. Just so you know, this is a wedding, by the way. We don't always dress like this. If you're a Downton Abbey fan, you're like, wow, they really do always dress like that. But no, this is, this is for a wedding, so we don't always wear the, uh, the bow tie and things. I like this picture. I think I'm looking pretty good for 50, right? Pretty good for 50. Problem is, I'm only 37, so <laughs> not looking so great for 37, but pretty good for 50. I like that. These are our kids, Nevea Joy, um, our eight-year-old girl. She's my princess. She was born saved. Oh, she's so sweet, so polite. Yes, daddy. No, daddy. She's so, she talks like Mary Poppins. She's, <laughs> she's wonderful. When she came along and she was so good, we were like, we have nailed it. We have nailed it as parents. We have cracked parenting. We're doing such a great job. We were very pride-filled. And who knows, pride comes before a fall. And our fall was Josiah, our, our little boy. Yeah, yeah, he needs prayer, guys. We need prayer, guys. <laughs> I love this photo of him because he looks so sweet and innocent. But if you look closely at his eyes, you know he's scheming something. There's something about to go down in this photo. I don't know what it is. Anyway, that's our family. We can't wait to get back and see our kids in a few days, but we're having the time of our lives here in Texas. Now, you've met my family. I also need to just quickly apologize and, uh, for my appearance today. If I'm looking a bit disheveled, a little uncouth, if I'm looking a bit messy, I need to say I'm so sorry for that. Um, I, I have no excuse, but, but let me offer an explanation because it's something to do with... We're something I've fallen in love with in Texas, which is, which is pickup trucks. I love pickup trucks. I've never seen so many pickup trucks. I've never seen so many big pickup trucks. In fact, everything in Texas is bigger, from the portion size of your dinner to the size of your trucks. And uh, there's one particular truck, a Dodge Ram, which is just phenomenal to me. Yes, whoop for the Dodge Ram. You could get my entire flat into the back of a Dodge Ram. They're so big. And uh, the reason I'm looking a bit disheveled today is actually the fault of a Dodge Ram. I'm going to put the blame there. You see, uh, in England, we drive on the left-hand side of the road. Uh, so the opposite side of the road to you guys. So when you're crossing the road as a pedestrian, uh, you instinctively look to the right. You glance to the right, check there's no traffic coming so you can step into the road. Now, since I've been tech in Texas, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty, I've thought about it a lot. So every time I've been crossing the road, I've thought, no, no, look to the left. And I've been good. But this morning, um, I was a bit distracted. Uh, I was across the road from the theatre, crossing over here to come and speak to you, you wonderful people today. And uh, I had a lot going on in my head. I was thinking about my message today. And being honest, um, I, I'm a Premier League soccer fan, a Premier League football fan. And Liverpool, who are God's only football team, um, they were playing earlier. And I was thinking about that. And I was just, I was just my mind was distracted. So as I went across the road, I instinctively looked to the right. And, there was nothing there, so I stepped out. But if I'd looked to the left, I would have seen a Dodge Ram driving at about 40 miles an hour towards me. And I stepped out about a meter in front of it, and bam, it hit me. And I flew into the air and landed in a, in a heap about 20 yards away, just in the middle of the road. Anyway, I got myself up, I dusted myself off, and I came here to speak to you guys. So if I'm looking a bit scruffy, that, that's why, that's why. Now, let's pause for a moment, right? <laughs> There's only two possible explanations for what I just told you. There's only two. There's not three. There's only two. The first explanation is I am crazy. I am going, I'm having a psychotic episode. I'm dealing with some psychosis right now. And I actually genuinely believe I was hit by a Dodge Ram. 
Or the second option is I'm lying. And I wasn't hit by a Dodge Ram. Those are the only two options. It cannot possibly be a third option. It cannot be, it can't be that I was actually hit by a Dodge Ram. And you know that because just looking at me, you know that I wasn't hit by a Dodge Ram. Because if I had been hit by a Dodge Ram, if I had had an encounter with a Dodge Ram, I would be transformed, right? I'd be changed. I'd probably change from being alive to not so alive anymore. <laughs> there would definitely be more blood. There'd be more blood. It would be messy. If I'd been hit by a Dodge Ram, I probably wouldn't be speaking today. I'd probably be at the hospital. Pastor Doug would have had to drive me somewhere. Um, I wasn't actually hit by a Dodge Ram because if I had been, I'd have been changed. Well, what I want to tell you today is, is Jesus is bigger than a Dodge Ram. And when we have an encounter with Jesus, it transforms us more than an encounter with a Dodge Ram would. And uh, the apostle Paul writes into the church in a, a city called Ephesus, which was in which is in ancient Greece, he, as he wrote to the church there, he was explaining this principle, this idea that when you encounter Jesus, when you become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, your life will be changed. Your life will be transformed. You will be different. Now, some of us, and I've seen this happen before, I've been in ministry for a long time, some people, when they have an encounter with Jesus and say yes to following him, they are changed in an instant. I've spent time with people who were drug addicts whose lives were controlled by, by an addiction to heroin and they could not get off it and then they encountered Jesus and wow, in a moment, they were released from their addiction. In an instant, they were changed. Their whole life was changed. And I've seen that and it's incredible. But for most of us, my experience is for most people, sometimes it is that instantaneous, everything changes. But for most of us, it's a process. It's a process of change. It's a process of us saying to God, okay, I'm going to give you this little part of my life and this little part of my life and this little part of my life. And as we do that, through faith, we are transformed. And that's the, that's the principle that the Apostle Paul was explaining to the church in Ephesus. So we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 4. I'll read it to you. Uh, we're going to read from 17 all the way to the end of the chapter and then the first two verses of chapter 5. I'm going to read that out loud. You can follow along on the screen behind me or if you've got like a Bible on your phone, you can read that. Or hey, if you're old school and you've got like one of those paper ones, do you remember those? You can follow along in that. Or if you're really old school, if you want to pull out a scroll, that would be pretty cool. So you can do that. If you want to get a scroll out, I will high five you. That would be awesome. Right, we're going to read from Ephesians 4, 17 through to Chapter 5, verse 2, and it's entitled, The New Life. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learned in Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun 
Go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out, uh, come out of your mouths, but only such as, as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, the title is Walk in Love. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray. I pray we hear your voice. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, when I was about 25, a friend of mine phoned me. Uh, my friend Dan, I was his best man. He was my best man at my wedding. And uh, he phoned me super excited. And he, he said, Johnny, Johnny, I, I've just signed up to do a parachute jump for charity. I'm going to raise some money for a charity. And then I'm going to jump out of an airplane and parachute down. It's one of those jumps where you get attached to an instructor. You're, you're tied to them. You jump out. They pull the cord so you don't need to stress about anything. And then you float, you, you free fall and you float down and you raise money for charity. It's going to be amazing. Do you want to do it with me? Now, me being a wise, intelligent, sensible human being said, of course, no, no, no. There's no way I want to get into a plane, take off, and then get out before we've landed. There's no way I want to do that. I don't know. I don't want to do a parachute jump. No, no. I was very emphatic with my no. And he said, he set me up actually. What he said to me, and I'll, I'll always remember this, it set me up perfectly for speaking in a church situation such as this. He said to me the perfect thing. He said, he said, don't you believe it will work? And I said, ah, ah, I do believe it will work. I believe if I get in that, in, get in that plane and go into the sky and get attached to that instructor and we, we jump out of the plane and we free fall, I believe it will be incredible. And when he pulls the chute and it opens up and we float down to the ground, it will be amazing. I believe that it will be the single greatest adrenaline rush of my life. I believe that. But who knows, there's a difference between believing in something and putting your faith in it. There's a difference between believing in something and putting your faith in it. I believed the parachute jump would work, but I wasn't going to put my faith in it. Well, we, we are called to put our faith in Jesus. It is through faith we are saved. It is through when we put our faith in Jesus, our lives are transformed. Believing isn't enough. We can believe in God. We can even believe in Jesus. We can believe that he is the son of God and he came to earth to, to die a sinner's death on that cross and then to conquer death and come back after three days to save us from our sins. We can believe in that. But there's a difference between just simply believing in Jesus and putting our faith in him. In fact, scripture tells us the demons believe and they shudder. There's a difference between belief and faith. And the way we are transformed, gradually transformed, is when we put our full faith in Jesus. Now, oftentimes we might put a bit of faith in Jesus when we become a Christian in this area or this area, but 
The Apostle Paul explained through that passage we just read that we need to put our full faith. Each area of our lives, we need to put our faith in Jesus. And then when we do that, he will transform us. He will change us. Verse, verse 17 shows us that it starts with the way we think. It starts with the way we think. Verse 17 says that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. You must no longer walk like the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Back when we were youth pastors, before Tasha and I moved to London to start Liberty Church London, we were youth pastors at a great church in my hometown of Liverpool. And I'd often speak to large groups of young people and I'd use this Use an illustration that I loved. And being honest, I, I used the illustration too many times. And sometimes when I use the illustration, I used it more because I enjoyed using the illustration. Uh, and then I had to try and think of some sort of Bible connection to it. But I wanted to use this illustration because it was funny to me. And I liked watching people's reaction. What I would do is I would go to a shop and I'd buy two cans of food. Uh, one can would be a can of, of steak chunks in gravy. So like pieces of beef in like a brown sauce. And the other can would be a can of dog food. And then I'd switch the labels over. <laughs> so I'd put the dog food label on the can of the steak in the brown sauce. And then as I was talking to a group of young people a bit like this, I would casually pull out of my bag the can, of, well, it was, a can of, it was a can of steak, but it had dog food written on it. And they would go see it and think, why has Johnny got a can of dog food? And then I'd casually open the can so they would know that it hadn't been interfered with or changed in any way. And uh, they, they would be sat there thinking, what is happening here? And then I'd get a fork and I'd put it into the can, get a big chunk of steak out, which they thought was dog food, and I'd eat it. And they would freak out. And this is why I did it, because I love to watch them freak out. They'd be like, oh, oh, man, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, what is he doing? Oh, Johnny, what are you thinking? What is going on here? Now, as far as I know, no one was physically sick, but it was hilarious to watch. And what was even funnier was even the people on the team who knew that it wasn't, it wasn't really dog food, they freaked out as well because the label said dog food. It just looked like that's what I was eating. The reason I'm sharing this with you today is because the label on the outside of the can said one thing. But what was more important than what the label said which is what was inside the can. More important than the label is what was inside the can. Now, our minds are the source of pretty much everything we do. The way we think dictates the way we speak, the way we act, the way we behave. So we need to be careful because our label may say Christian. Our label may say follower of Jesus. We may have a bumper sticker on our car. We may have a little thing in our bio on our Instagram saying that we're a Christian. Our label may say Christian, but what's more important than the label on the outside is what's happening on the inside. We need to be careful what, with what is happening inside our minds. We need to be careful about what we allow to go into our brains and influence how we think because we shouldn't think uh, like the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. I just want to ask you some just rhetorical questions. You don't need to answer this, but what's your social media feed put doing to your brain? Like, I love social media. Well, I've got a love-hate relationship with social media. I think it can be fantastic. It can be a great way to connect to people and stay in touch and, and to talk about Jesus and tell people about Jesus. But also social media, well, it can be damaging, right? It can put bad thoughts and ideas into your brain. What are we allowing us to consume through social media? Or through the music we listen to. Again, I love music. I don't just listen to Christian music. I like 
secular music too. I'm not one of those people who says, don't listen to secular music. But I do have to ask, maybe where you are in your journey as you follow Jesus, is the music that you listen to, the words that you allow to, to go through your mind, are they good or are they bad? Are they adding something? Are they pointing you towards Jesus or are they putting something negative into your thinking? Or the podcasts we listen to or the TV shows we watch. I know every now and then there's a, there's, a, there's a TV or a show or a movie that everybody's watching and everyone's talking about at work and you want to you join in the conversation too and it sounds great, but actually sometimes we shouldn't join, those, join in watching those TV shows because what they're putting into our brains, well, it's not good for us. Or what websites are we clicking on? Are we clicking on the wrong websites? Are we putting things into our minds through our eyes that are not good for our thinking? This transformation starts with the way we think. It also starts with the way we speak. In verse 25, the Apostle Paul said, speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That truth he was talking about, I believe, is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the reason for our faith. He says we need to speak the truth, that good news, with our neighbors. We need to share the reason for our hope with other people. We need to tell people about Jesus. If we've, been, if we've encountered Jesus and we're being transformed, we have to allow the words that we say to point people towards Jesus. We need to allow our speech to be transformed. You know, I've heard it said that uh, the best sort of Christian life is that quiet, that quiet personal faith where someone, you know, spends a whole life daily in prayer and they read the Bible, they study scripture alone and they're very quiet about it, very solemn, very reserved. But the problem with that is if we don't tell anybody the good news of Jesus, how are they going to know? If we don't share the good news of Jesus with the people in our world, the people at our work or where we play or in our coffee shops, how will they ever know the difference, the reason that we are different in our lives? We need to share the truth with our neighbors. Verse 29 says, let no corrupting talk, no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. We need to encourage with our words. Now, when I talk about Pastor Doug and Jeannie, it is easy for me to say encouraging things. They are easy people to encourage. It's easy for me to say positive, nice, truthful things about them because they are wonderful people. How about when you're talking about maybe, maybe a politician? There's an election going on and there's a politician who you don't support. What are our words like then? <laughs> Now, I'm not saying you have to vote for them or support them in any way, but are we encouraging? Are our words positive? Are we speaking in a transformed way? Or maybe even harder than that is a sports team we don't support. So uh, I, I know you guys have a rivalry with Oklahoma, I think it is. Sorry, Doug. Uh, but uh, in the UK, in England, in, in football, in soccer, we have a rivalry between Liverpool, God's team, and a team called Manchester United. Now, it is very hard for me to say anything positive about Manchester United. It really is hard for me to even say those words, Manchester United, without shuddering. But I have to allow myself to be transformed. I have to allow myself to speak differently because I am a follower of Jesus. Oh, Manchester United. <laughs> Verse 31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Those things are very easy to come up in our conversation. Anger is very easy to come up when you're driving down the road and someone cuts in front of you and you're alone in the car. It's very easy to say something angry, right? It's very easy for, for you to join in the slander and the clamor when you're stood around the water cooler talking about 
the, the new boss who's done something really stupid and it's affecting your work life. It's very easy to join in with everyone else and, and say similar things to them, right? It's very easy to, but we're to put away all of that if we're followers of Jesus. I just want to quickly point out, it doesn't say out of your mouths. It doesn't say let all bitterness and wrath that comes out of your mouths. He, the Apostle Paul didn't say that because I think the Holy Spirit inspired him not to say specifically what you speak because he knew one day there would be a world where actually most of the slander and anger and clamor isn't spoken, but it's typed on Twitter or on a blog or on a comment section on Facebook. We need to make sure that what we say out loud and online isn't filled with any of that stuff. We need to allow the way we speak to be transformed. Finally, it, it starts with what we do. Chapter 5, uh, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are to live differently. We're to do things differently. We're to act differently. When we, when we submit to God fully, he can transform the way we do everything, every single part of our lives, so that we, so that we are imitators of God in what we do, that our lives will become like a sacrifice for Jesus. We will be completely transformed. You know what? I think I can explain this better with a bit of an illustration. I need, uh, I need some help. Um, I'm going to, Gideon, Gideon, who was playing the keys, can you come out and help me? Can we welcome Gideon to come and help me with an illustration? Fantastic. Can you bring those chairs out very good and put them down on the, on the platform for me? And can you stand one foot on each chair? Yes, please stand up there. Yeah. By the way, for health safety point of view, if you fall over and get hurt, please blame Pastor Doug. It's not me. Okay. Now, for the purpose of this illustration, um, I want you guys to imagine with me that this chair, this chair represents, this represents the world, the way the world tells us to do things, the, the desires of the flesh, as it puts it in Scripture. And this chair over here, this one, well, this represents God. This represents living for Jesus. Okay. Now, I said at the start of the message that for sometimes when people become a Christian, their lives are transformed in an instant. Everything has changed. But for most of it, most of us, it's a process. It takes time. Now, maybe, maybe you've just become a Christian, and oftentimes when someone comes a Christian and say, yeah, I want to follow you, Jesus, they give God a big chunk of their life, but not everything. Maybe they give God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church every Sunday. And I'm going to gather with other people in my church community. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to sit under teaching. And when we do that, well, that kind of gives us a pull this way towards Jesus. How are you doing? You right? And then, but then on the Monday, we go back to work. We go back to our normal everyday lives. And we're in the office environment or in the, on the construction site with people who aren't Christians. And we're laughing and joking and going, having conversations that maybe aren't healthy. And that kind of pulls us this way towards the world. But then we go to our tribe group, our city tribe group, and we, maybe we're studying the Bible with other Christians or praying together. And that kind of pulls us this way towards Jesus a bit more. But then the next day, there's a match on, there's a game on, and we go and watch it in the local bar, and we're cheering for our team. And then the referee makes a decision, which is just stupid and is wrong. And it costs our team some points. And we get angry. We start shouting at the screen and with everybody else. And well, that kind of pulls us this way. And then maybe, maybe we just order another beer to drown our sor sorrows. And that pulls us this way a bit more. And 
How are you doing, Gideon? Are you well? Good. <laughs> How are your trousers doing? We're, we're good? Yeah, good, good. I'm sure Gideon will tell you that living like this, you can't do it for a long time. It's not comfortable. Living with your life partly in the world and partly following Jesus, you can do it for a bit. You can do it for a season when you become a follower of Jesus. But at some point, at some point, you need to go all in. You either need to go back to the world or you need to go all in to follow Jesus. Thank, can we thank Gideon for, for that's That's great. We'll let you off. <laughs> My message today, it could be seen as quite challenging, but hoping, hopefully, I want it to be an invitation. I want it to be an invitation for all of us, wherever you are on your journey, however long you've been following Jesus, or maybe you're not even a Christian at all, that I want it to be an invitation to give your full self to Jesus, for your full life to be transformed by putting your faith in him. Maybe, maybe you're brand new to church. This is the first time you've ever been to a church that looks anything like this. And this is the first time you've heard anyone talk or teach anything like this. And may, maybe nothing in your life is for God. Well, today's the day that maybe you need to say, yes, okay, I'm going to give my life to you, God, all of it. Or maybe you're in this room and you've been following Jesus for years, for years. You've been, you've been a Christian for years. You've been coming to City Tribe for years. You're a serve on team. And maybe 99% of your life has been given to God. 99% of what you do, what you say, what you think, you've handed over to God. But there's still 1%. There's still that little bit of you that you've kept in the world. Well, today's the day that you can make a decision. Say, you know what, God? I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to go all in. I want to invite you to do that today. I also want to, I want you to imagine with me, right? Imagine if everyone on this, in this room and everyone who's watching online and everyone who was in the services before this one and the one after this one, if every single person who calls City Tribe home said, yes, I am going all in, 100%, every part of me. I'm going to allow Jesus to transform every aspect of who I am, everything I do, everything I say, everything I think. Imagine what will happen in San Antonio. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's what revival looks like. It's not about someone standing in a stadium with a microphone preaching. If we, all of us today, said we are all in, this city would be transformed too. We would see God's kingdom come and his will be done in San Antonio as it is in heaven. And I'm not talking about in a few years' time or at one day, maybe, if only, if all of us today all go all in, I believe right now, in 2022, this city could be changed, totally changed. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. John chapter 10, verse 10 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it says that Jesus came to give us life and life in all of its fullness. And my experience is that we can only live life and life in all of its fullness when we give our lives to Jesus in all of, the, all of its fullness, every aspect. So I'm just going to pray for us now. That's what I'm going to pray for us today as individuals and collectively as a church community. So please join me. Father God, Father God, we just pray that we can give all of ourselves to you. Every last bit, every thought, every word, every action, 
all our time, all our energy, all our finances, every part of us, I pray we can just give it to you. And through our faith, we will be transformed. God, give us courage. Let your spirit equip us to do this, to step out and be transformed. And we pray this city will be transformed too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you, brother. What an awesome message, was it not? Wasn't that something that uh, a lot of us needed to hear, that we're going to have to choose which way we're going to go? I only had one small critique of Johnny's message, and that is, I felt like Gideon could have gone a little further. Anybody besides me, right? And one of the things I thought was interesting throughout the day is that during the music, Gideon's voice just keeps getting a little higher each service, you know, it's the way it works. But, you know, as we wrap up today, I wanted to challenge some of you in a very specific and tangible way because the first step of obedience when you choose to follow Jesus and believe in him is to be baptized. And we will set up a trough right here in the theater on October the 30th, if you've believed at any point in your life, maybe some of you just believed in Jesus today, others have done that at other times of your life, and it's time to take that step of obedience to be baptized. And look, I'm not talking about when your parents made a decision for you and had you baptized as a baby. I'm talking about when it's on you, when you decided to follow Jesus. So you can go to our website. Perhaps the URL is behind me on screen, citytribe.church/slash baptism. Now, some of you love your kids and you want to do something for them to point them towards Jesus and you have infants and the like or children. We dedicate our kids to the Lord. We don't baptize kids until they have the capacity to choose Jesus for their own lives. And so if you would like to dedicate yourself and your kids, you know, you're going to dedicate yourself to raise your kids in the ways of God so that they have the best opportunity to believe and choose to trust in Jesus someday for themselves. And so that's happening on October the 23rd at Child Dedication. So make sure and get registered for that. If you've got little ones, man, I don't know what's happening around here, but you guys are like popping out the babies. It's awesome, man, to see uh, God blessing us in those ways. And so let's dedicate those kids to the Lord. And one area of my life that was a real challenge, you know, when I was doing that straddle and I was trying to say where it was, it was with my finances. I had to say, you know, really, I got to really trust Jesus, my finances. And what was great is that yesterday uh, I took Johnny and Tasha over to Strong Foundation Ministry for Homeless Families. And one of the things I love about touring people through there and showing them the 50 people that would be out on the streets under a bridge with their families, but because of your generosity, they're in a safe place right now. They have their own room. They have meals. They have a roof over their heads right on. And people are getting jobs so that they don't stay in that condition. Right? And that's all happening because of you guys. Because a lot of you guys are saying, you know what, with my finances, I'm stepping over here and I'm going to give this stuff that Jesus cares about. There, there are one or four ways to pull that off here at City Tribe. We don't pass buckets or plates or anything like that. But you can mail in your offerings if you like to use the mail. You can text to tithe. You can go to the giving stations that are located near the exits of the theater. Or you can go on any device to our website, citytribe.church slash tithe, T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I
T-H-E, uh, and, and donate that way in order to, you know, serve the things that Jesus cares about. So before you guys worship through your financial stewardship, let's stand up together. And if you're with your crew, join a hand, put an arm around someone. Uh, if you're by yourself, and you, just, anyone, you want to put your hand out in a position to receive, receive these words over you. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, transform your words, transform your thinking, transform what you do and step over all in with Jesus. Live different. Go from here knowing that you're loved, taking the good news of Jesus to a world that desperately needs not the people that are half in, but those who are 100% in with Jesus. You guys have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.